Welcome to the Learn From Patient Safety Events podcast. This is one in a series of podcasts you can find available online. Today, we're talking to the patient safety machine learning leads within NHS England. Um, for introductions, my name is Hugh Archibald. I'm the product owner for the Learn From Patient Safety Events service, and my pronouns are he and him. Hi, I'm Lucy Massett. Uh, my pronouns are she and her, and I am the project lead for the Learn From Patient Safety Events programme. Hi, I'm Maya Cassis and I'm the patient safety data scientist. My pronouns are uh, she and her. And um, hello, I'm Marcus Menhays. I'm the head of the LFPSC, Learning from Patient Safety Incidents and the NRLS, National Reporting Learning System. And I also lead on the patient safety um, data science lab and uh, I'm here in the capacity of a data scientist today. Great. Thank you ever so much, Maya and Marcos, for joining us. Um, I always find it's helpful with complex subjects to start with a definition. So I was wondering if you could define what machine learning is, please. Um, so in a nutshell, I would say machine learning is basically a branch of artificial intelligence and computer science, and it focuses on the use of data, obviously and algorithms uh, to imitate the way that humans learn. The advantage of machine learning is that it actually gradually improves the accuracy and the performance of the models over time. Um, in a nutshell also, it has three branches. So it's supervised, unsupervised and reinforced. Uh, basically, the only difference between them is that some of them are just kind of like you teach the machine what it actually has to output. Um, in the supervised, in the unsupervised it is not, it just kind of gives you outputs according to the algorithm and the reinforced is more of a, a dynamic environment like driving cars. Um, just to give you a kind of like a taste of, of what it actually is in like real life, so obviously because it's, it's very omnipresent nowadays and it does play a vital role in, in many fields like finance, security, healthcare, day-to-day um, -day uses, um, search engines, shopping, entertainment uh, suggestions. In healthcare, which is obviously our main area of interest, um, it is usually used to kind of discover patterns from medical report records. Um, it does support the development of patient risk score systems. Other examples are predicting the onset of disease, streamlining healthcare processes, just to name a few. Fantastic. Um, and so in the context of the Learn From Patient Safety Events Service, um, what are you aiming to achieve using machine learning? Well, the, the overall aim is, is to prevent harm to patients. So and we're trying to achieve that or support that by unlocking, un unlocking or exposing hidden valuable information through more efficient process that will support earlier and faster detection of themes, uh, data patterns and issues, also to enable effective clustering or categorization of data, um, potentially high, highlighting the risk factors within those clusters, and perform more efficient scanning of patient safety data source uh, for new and under-recognized patient safety issues that we then can flag for future investigation and suitable response. Amazing. So what we're talking about here is trying to get 
extra juice squeezed out of the data that is coming in anyway is that right yeah in a, in a more efficient process because you could that using like 1 million people reviewing incidents and trying to find those themes and patterns uh, and it would take you know 100 200 years to do that or you can use a machine that can process that in a more effective uh, way so looking at timescales and how um, how quickly we can start to review the data, obviously we want to be able to squish that 100 years down into um, rapid development. And I'm wondering where we are on the journey in, in relation to machine learning. Uh, yeah, so in, in our kind of uh, uh, work within the patient safety team, so we have already implemented our patient safety machine learning development and operational uh, environment. So those are kind of the, the technical environments that we need to develop and test the models and then also to put those models into production. So then uh, users can start interacting with the models through our LFPSC applications. So we have developed the end-to-end -end pipeline for plugging in our models into LFPSC processes and applications. So it's not just a test environment where we have a data scientist that have to get the data and run it and get results out. No, it's going to be incorporated into our LFPSC applications. So the, the, the end user will be, be able to interact with those models. And in terms of the models, we have developed and are now testing uh, with clinicians um, uh, two main uh, models, machine learning models. One is the um, the one that we're using to detect novel and unusual single incidents. So it's trying to, um, as, as I said before, expose new knowledge, new information. Uh, and the second one is an incident classification model which identifies clusters and correlations between clusters of incidents. So we also have developed uh, sentiment analysis and also a model to identify and correct drug names within clinical text. Um, but uh, the, the ones that are more advanced at the moment are the, the, the first two. So the, 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 the topic uh, model and the novelty score model. They are in testing stage with the clinicians. Also, so the machine models output or enable fields are already incorporated into the LFPSC taxonomy version 6 so that the end user would be able to interact with these models as soon as uh, they are uh, available in, in, and, uh, in live. That's amazing news. Um, and if you'd like more information about the taxonomy versions, you can check out our pages on the NHS Futures platform, where you can find lots of information about the project uh, and timelines for that being available. Um, yeah, so still on the topic of timelines, what are your next steps to take us from where we are to where we want to be? Very good question, actually. Um, well, considering that we've developed already the current models, 
the first obvious step would be sort of continuing the evaluation and the fine tuning process of the models so that we are sure that the models are uh, at their optimal sort of performance, as it were. Um, also, continuing to explore the usefulness of the models that have proven to work in other fields. So um, areas such as healthcare or even industry, uh, so that they can be incorporated into our work and uh, prioritized accordingly, because obviously other we can always learn from from other uh, applications. Um, and in sort of like that general sort of sense of, of improving improving the models, I would add that it is very, very essential for us to extend our user engagement. Uh, really because we need to reach a wider number of users uh, and diverse groups because basically speaking um, that that would enable us to collect feedback uh, and what that does to the models it basically just makes sure that the models are improved and they're refreshed and they're optimized um, to, to the best of our, our knowledge basically. Mm. And machine learning, it, it brings such massive capabilities um, for uh, how we can look at healthcare patient safety data. Um, and I find it really exciting, but I was just wondering what other aspects that you are most excited about, Maya? Well, obviously the most exciting part is, is really improving patient safety outcomes um, in general, um, increasing our knowledge about healthcare and safety. Um, and well, hopefully preventing as much as possible of the, the of, of patient safety incidents uh, as, as we can you know and so. uh, if i can add something is, is that because you, you the, the questions about you know the, um what we're most excited but i think that's like as any other scientists we really get excited when we get something working and and then we give to the clinicians and they say, wow, it's working well. Uh, and the, the results that we've been getting uh, currently are very promising, very positive. And we're very excited about that because when we see that the machine is doing what we we intended it to do so as a project. So we, we're very excited about it. Yeah, so are we. And I think that we've heard a lot of enthusiasm from provider land as well about this. Everyone wants to know how they can get more value out of the data and, and how they can um, reach those kind of learning insights that will help things to change the fastest and the most direct route. Uh, so I think this is going to be a really popular uh, piece of work, especially we can start getting some tangible things out there ready for people to use. Um, and Maya, you talked about the importance of working with users and getting people to test this and give their feedback. Um, so how can users get involved in your work? Uh, yeah, so that's very important because we need that feedback. So the machine, so those models uh, improve with real feedback. So when you say you got right, you got this wrong, and then they go and try to improve and correct itself and refresh itself. Is that so, the supervised model that we mentioned earlier? Not necessarily. All of them um, uh, improve uh, with with feedback. Okay. So um, we are currently working on a roadmap for each of the models and identify the most uh, appropriate group of users 
to each phase of each model because the the the, the model development goes through a different phase and and also uh, is not just about getting an efficient model in production but we also need to work on the usefulness of that and usability of the outputs as well so we really can this is not a work that can be done just by data scientists locked in a cupboard it has to be with the people on the ground that has the 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 that has the knowledge and will be using uh the outputs the outcomes of the of of the model so in terms of the um the key message to everyone is that whenever you are asked or are presented with the opportunity to interact with some of the outputs of those models uh, please provide feedback and understand that from in the beginning it might get some things wrong it's not going to get everything right but we need the feedback so in in our applications we will give you opportunities to accept or reject suggestions please do use that and because that is going to help the machine to learn and the model to refresh and improve so the beginning please be patient because we're not going to get everything right um, although we are doing lots of testing uh, but then things will get better um, based on the feedback that you'll be providing so in terms of the, the front end user who's actually recording the incident so at healthcare staff doctors nurses midwives etc what tangible changes will they see in relation to machine learning and, and what benefits will that bring to them well in a nutshell um i think the the the, the changes would be a few additional fields uh, a few suggestions and um some some feedback some live feedback some suggestions and uh pointers and guidances to you know how they can actually sort of um treat the the incident or, or or sort of like correct the incident as it were um and that would be sort of like in in real real time so that's a very exciting exciting sort of uh, aspect of it for me personally yeah and um i think that there are two um two or three opportunities there um i'll say that the first one is is for the, um, the risk manager that will get some suggestions in terms of uh, there are different ways of classifying this, this incident and this is what the machine is suggesting in terms of themes uh, related to this, this specific incident. And based on those themes, you can also uh, find similar incidents or others that might be related and as I mentioned in the beginning as well is in, in terms of being able to correlate um, uh, risks um, contributing factors for example and so is is a is providing a different way to in to to uh, examine the the um, the data that they have uh, the other point is uh, for the end user is to give that those suggestions. It seems that you're talking about A, B, C, and D, and and also even to 
to help them to uh, navigate through the, the reporting form. So it seems that you this incident, uh, there was a medication involved in this, but you haven't completed the medication field. So it can give that kind of suggestion and more conversational uh, support <coughs> to the user during the, the, um, the data entry as well. The other thing that is uh, um, very important is to be able in the background to be able to highlight the trends and some specific chains in patterns and when things are happening because you're there in your office and people are reporting all over the, the country and or in many sites of your organization or in many departments within a single hospital and suddenly there's a specific issue that started flagging everywhere so the computer can um, just bring that up and alert you that things have changed and something is becoming um, a trend. So the um, and then for the uh, kind of in, in terms of the national view is to be able to process the, the, this very large amount of data in a more efficient way, and and then we can start um, detecting um uh new risks in a, in, a, in a more efficient way because we received over 2.6 million of incidents per year and how we're we going to investigate that in detail to understand what is new and and how um risks are changing um so that's how we hope that we'll be able to help and the users will start seeing um, a change uh, on that kind of day-to-day -day interaction with the systems. And what you're describing there is a massive shift in how people are interacting with the process of reporting uh, and, and able to um, benefit from data and use it in their day-to-day -day job to make patient safer so we're talking about um, getting feedback which is something that we've heard throughout the life of this project I report it goes into a black hole I never see anything else like how does that help it's no use for me I've wasted my time doing this what's the point and to get that rapid feedback I think is going to feel a lot more worthwhile to your staff on the ground who we know are working so hard and they're so busy and you know anything that we can do to make their lives better is really worth doing um you were talking about something that sort of sounds a little bit like an early warning system uh to tell you about those trends that might be emerging either nationally or locally um which is going to really help people in terms of figuring out you know where they need to focus their spotlight in that given day or week or or whatever um and um the thing that that Aidan talked about in our first podcast um, that he's really excited about in this work is that national piece about being able to use all of the data that we get. Um, we have a small clinical team and they work really, really hard looking at about 10,000 instances a year in detail. Um, by necessity, they have to look at the ones kind of that are looking like severe harms and deaths, but it means um, that once we've found something in those, we know what to look for in the rest of the mass of the data. But this machine learning project means we're going to be able to scan all of that data as it comes in 
uh, and pick up those near misses and lucky catches that are in the lower harm data that at the moment it's just really hard to get to them there's too much to sift through um, so we really are talking about like a higher hit rate of learning out of the, the data. Um, another thing that you mentioned, which I think people will be interested in, is uh, that you mentioned about how the machine learning might suggest different ways to classify uh, a record as it comes in. Do you think we might one day get to the point where we don't need classifications because the machine learning can do it all? Or was that a bridge too far? <laughs> No, I think that that's um, uh, it, it, hopefully we'll get there very soon. But in the same time, I just I just want to go back to something that you said in terms of the shift, the big shift, because it's important to be very clear about that. So then we're not scaring people way because, you know, change can be quite scary and uh, is to make sure that we'll be introducing this, but then working with users, as I said before, testing usability, usability and the usefulness of every single thing that we are introducing. So we're going to, uh, is, is, is we've been moving quite fast in terms of developing this, but in terms of finding the best way for using it is going to be a must, must uh, a, a more gentle approach and working with users to find that kind of the the speed that we can go about this. Because okay, we don't so we're talking to... about turning the potential into actual utility. Yes, yeah, and uh, and we need to work with the users to make sure that, you know we we're not just uh, going too fast and changing too many things without having kind of evidence that things are moving to a better place. So I think that that that's that's important in terms of uh, uh, um, the kind of the replacing lists and classification systems. I think that this is um the direction of travel in almost everything so people um are more using um apps and things in a more kind of um informal and uh this um less const uh, constrained or less kind of um formatted way and obviously, there are, we're not talking about um, an informal chat because this, this is a health care record that we're talking about. It's not uh, someone, it's not a chat between uh, mates. Um, and there will be some constraints that, that need to be observed. Uh, but yes, it's moving away from having rigid uh, lists. And, and asking people to classify things and and just be able to ask them to describe the best way that they 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 can the experience that they have or that they have had. Um, and that's probably a really good point to note that um, even under the current processes without machine learning, the free text of the records that providers submit is our first port of call really for learning from those incidents we use the categories to um 
kind of slice them up and segment it to know what we're looking at and give different bits to the right teams. But the richness of the learning is in the free text. So we would really encourage you um, from right now, even if you're still using the NRLS, if you've moved to LFPSE, um, really encourage your staff to get as much detail about the event into the free text as you can. And that puts us in a better position for when we start pointing these machine learning tools out, that data. Um, the more there's in there, the more we can can get out of there. So um, I know sometimes you just get a report that says patient fell over and I, I don't suppose we'll be able to uh, completely eradicate that. But the more detail, uh, the better we have a chance of, of getting stuff out of there. Yeah, and it's important that you mentioned the uh, that in terms of um, uh, providing more and richer information in the, the, the descriptions but also that um, highlighting that we are making use of the, the database that we already have that was collected through the NRLS. So this has been uh, explored and uh, being used to support this work. Without the NRLS, you would not be able uh, to be doing this now. So the NRLS is enabling us to move forward on that journey. One of the other things you spoke about, Marcos, earlier was um, the grouping of, of incidents and being able to identify themes with some of the machine learning. And that really plays into the um, patient safety incident um, response plans under PSERV. Um, yeah. And I know that that will be one of the great sources of how people will be able to look at data differently to identify where they might need to focus efforts to improve patient safety. Yeah, that that's very important um, um, and I, yes you're totally right that I think is going to help PSERV um, but also this model because it's, it's, it, it works on free text so unstructured data it can be uh, applied on investigation reports as well so any kind of uh, investigation notes uh, any other type of uh, text fields uh, that we we can try to uh, establish or 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 try to cluster and was trying to extract same or identify uh, relevant information within specific themes. So this this can is is very um, very much uh, transferable in terms of data sources as well. Yeah, absolutely. And PSERF and the Learn from Patient Safety Events Service are obviously two really important parts of the National Patient Safety Strategy. Um, if you want to read more about that, you can have a look on the NHS England website and there's loads of information there about that strategy and how it is developing and being implemented across the service. So the machine learning is going to be looking at instant reports, uh, you know, instant records, uh, potentially investigation reports. Are there any other sources that we can be uh, kind of viewing through this machine learning lens? Yes, I think that um, will be possible for us to apply that also on um, advice and guidance and other kind of type of uh, recommendations or, or um, that kind of um, help to local users and that the machine will or, or the machine learning model will help 
in real time uses to make the link between the problem that they are reporting with existing solutions that might be found in a in a kind of in a, in a database of of uh, guidance or in the literature so that's another really tangible form of kind of feedback where we're, we're talking about moving from just saying we have a problem to this service helping people um know what to do uh, what steps to take and how that they can actively and proactively uh, be keeping their patients safer that's all we've got time for today. Thank you so much to Maya and Marcos for joining us and sharing your vision for this work and the progress that you've made so far. Hopefully that's been a really um, instructive bit of information about where this project is going and the kind of potential that we're looking at. If you'd like to hear more about other aspects of the project, then please listen to our other podcast and as we've said several times, there's loads of information on the Futures platform. You can follow me and Hugh on Twitter at Lucy NHS Safety and at Hugh NHS Safety. Uh, there's also the main National Patient Safety Twitter account, which is at PT Safety NHS. You can also check out our webpage for high level information about the programme overall. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you to our guests for coming along and we will be back with you soon. Bye.